Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of What's the Big Deal? I'm Sophie and today we're going to be talking about consumerism and how to reduce waste in our day-to-day lives. First off, I'll give you a brief introduction on the idea and the topic that is consumerism and why it is such a prevalent problem in our community today. Then I'm interviewing one of my friends from Vancouver Island. Her name is Rachel, and she runs her own sustainable wedding flower business. It's super cool, and I'm super excited for you guys to hear about that. And then finally, a quick debrief about it, along with some solutions on how we can attainably reduce how much we consume. So, let's get right on into it. Alright, I am super excited to jump right on into this topic because it's not targeted towards a specific group. You know, we are all consumers in our own ways, um, whether that means going to the grocery store and buying five bananas or we go to the movies with our friends. You know, we're consuming these items or sources of entertainment. So, By definition, consumerism is a social and economic order that encourages the acquisitions of goods and services in ever-increasing amounts. So that pretty much uh, demonstrates the idea of buying and acting like a consumer in our every day-to-day lives. Not only is consumerism super bad for our environment, but also the ethics behind it. So for this episode's purpose, I really want to focus more on fast fashion because it is vastly bad for our environment. Um, Maybe vastly is not the right word, but you know what I mean. It's super bad for the environment and also the ethics behind it. Um, And it's something we all have. We all have bought fast fashion before. So, yes. For example... A huge brand that has made a big appearance in recent years, yet is horrid for the environment, is Shein. Shein, whatever. You know what I mean. And yet, it was named the most popular fashion brand of 2022. Um, right now, I'm looking at a Instagram post by Environment and Impact, and they are talking how um, the workers are severely underpaid. Um, Here's what it says. Many Xi'an workers were recently found to be making 500 items a day and making roughly 2 cents USD per item, which sucks. And then they also list between 2,000 and 10,000 items on their website a day, which is also super bad because if you think about it, all these things go out of style rapidly. So that is more clothes that will end up in our landfills. And they are incredibly wasteful. Styles are regarded on Xi'an so quickly that only about 6% of designs stay on Xi'an's site for more than 90 days. Again, think about how many clothes are ending up in the landfills because of this. Here is a fun fact. Fun, but not so fun. 92 million tons of clothes end up in landfills each year. And that is the equivalent of one garbage truck every second. I'll just let you guys think about that. For a bit, I want to move on towards H&M in specific. I did a research project on it last year. I found it super interesting. So here's a little bit on that. 
Not only is 80% of the apparel made by young women between the ages of 18 and 24, but they are also being wildly underpaid as well and undercredited. An example of this comes from the factory in Myanmar in which H&M hired a 14-year-old girl to work because, quote-unquote, they employed anyone who wanted to work, end quote. This girl went on to work 12-hour days and be paid $3.91 for an 8-hour day, which is one of the lowest in the world. Now I'm going to talk a little bit about greenwashing because this has a huge uh, impact and kind of I don't really know how to describe it, but greenwashing is, let me pull up the organ, not the organization. Awesome. Okay. So one of the most challenging questions to assess is if a company is misleading consumers to seem more sustainable than they really are. That is what greenwashing is. And It occurs so often in our lives that most of us don't even recognize it. To greenwash is a superficial or insincere display of concern for the environment that is shown by an organization. And that is the definition from dictionary.com. So greenwashing is used as a way to seem more environmentally friendly and to look more green than they actually are. Now, this is mainly shown in pictures from their websites, or most often, their advertising, how they really draw you in. Um, They can use green and natural-based photos to make you think that they are more green. Um, Yet again, another example can be right when you click the site on H&M and go to the sustainability section. You are greeted with a nice picture of a hand grabbing a cloud out of the sky. Not only does this image have nothing to do with the website, but it makes them seem more one with the earth or like they care. When in reality, it's just a photo that they probably pulled from Getty Images. Greenwashing can also occur in descriptions. For example, they could use fluffy language, such as eco-friendly or stuff like other words, that have no clear definition. Surprise, surprise, eco-friendly doesn't have a definition. How many times have you seen that in a description? Irrelevant claims also play a role. They could be focusing more on just one green item than looking at the clothing piece as a whole. Now, a lot of the time these statements are made with no proof, and that is why we are so susceptible to it. What I mean by um, rather than looking at the clothing item piece as a whole, um, they could be talking about a sweater, right? A whole little cardigan butt-up sweater, and they say it's eco-friendly, but only two of those buttons on the sweater are made with some type of recycled plastic. So <clears throat> it's really just being aware and being conscious on what we're doing. Yet again, I said the word conscious, but especially when it comes to fast fashion. So here are some fun, quick facts before we get into our little interview with Rachel. Number one, $100 billion items of clothing are produced each year and that translates to nearly 14 items per every human being on the planet which sucks i know this one is true for me this next one and it's really bad actually it's quite sad that the average person only wears 20 percent of their clothes 80 percent of the time 
That means 80% of your clothes are probably just sitting in your closet right now. We all have that one clothing item that we hold on to just in case we find the right event that we need to wear it in. Or just as a sentimental value. <clears throat> Fast fashion companies generate more pollution than international aviation and shipping can find. That should make a little bit of sense to you guys. And the last quote is, we discard 92 million tons of textile waste the industry generates annually. And that is a lot, guys. So I'm going to let you guys sit with those facts for a bit. And we are going to get into the uh, interview with Rachel. So um, yet again, I'm sorry for the audio being a little sketchy. I thought my microphone was plugged in. But yet again, I don't think it was recording. So just turn it up on your listening device wherever you're listening to anyways i hope you enjoy it and i will leave you guys here bye all right rachel could you tell us a little bit about yourself you know what you do and how you kind of got into sustainability yeah absolutely so i started a business as a wedding florist about a year and a half ago um it's one of the things that I do. I have a full-time job, but it's really my passion project. I got into sustainability. It's kind of been a long-term interest of mine. I've been interested in it as a person mm-hmm. and in my day-to-day life for quite a while. But then when I was thinking I was wanted to kind of start a business, I realized that especially in something like the wedding industry where there's a ton of waste, it would be really important for me to figure out how I could do my business sustainably. Mm -hmm. So that's what really sent me on like the deep dive of how do I want to do this? How do I do this in the way that's best for the earth? That's best for the people. That's best for like everybody involved in the whole process of wedding flowers. Awesome. Okay. And then with your business, how do you combat consumerism within that? So the wedding industry has a lot of waste because when you think about it, you're most of the time you're throwing like an event for a single day mm-hmm. and then it's over. So in the area of flowers specifically, I don't know that it's as much about like combating consumerism as it is about finding the most like the most ways to reuse, the most mm-hmm. ways to like recycle product, the best way to handle product that is waste, where you source your product from, like on where your flowers come from where do they grow and like kind of factor in like sustainability at every stage of that Mm -hmm. so it is a little bit like combating consumerism like one of the things I love to do is have people reuse parts of their flowers in different parts of their wedding so instead of like paying double and using twice the amounts of flowers to deck out two locations Mm -hmm. why not just like pay your florist to stay on site and move everything over for you and kind of reuse different parts or different parts of the day yeah awesome okay i didn't send this one to you like where do you resource your materials from Ooh, good question that's my favorite thing to answer i when i started my business i realized that i want that there were so many people local to where Mm. i live on vancouver island that grow flowers and they grow them sustainably because they're paying themselves a living wage most of them grow without using like any types of like pesticides or like and they use things like 
like regenerative farming for soil mm -hmm. health and stuff like that. So my main source of flowers is these local farmers. I have like excellent relationships with quite a f like I think quite a few like probably five or six regular farmers and then there's a, a bunch of extra that I can always call if I need something mm. and they grow just the most beautiful flowers and it means it's pretty seasonal like most of my work is pretty much only in the summer season but I do I do love that because the flowers that I get from them are like better quality they're they often last way longer than the stuff that I can get from the wholesaler that said I do also source like for me and my business, it made sense to source within the province of BC. Yeah. So I don't import anything from outside of BC at this point in time. So there are some farms on the mainland that in a pinch I can get stuff from if I need to, but yeah. I usually try and stick on the island close to home. There's some incredible people doing some incredible growing really close to here, so why not use their stuff? Yeah, true. And what are some things that people don't really realize about sustainability? that you think they should realize? Yeah, I think that people often don't realize how attainable it can be to make small changes. I think when we talk about sustainability, it's really easy to get overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. I often get overwhelmed thinking about like, how do I like reduce waste, make this better, like all the things. Yeah. And I think people don't really realize that impact that even just like making small choices can have overall especially in like again in my kind of niche which is the wedding industry mm -hmm. for a lot of people like their their big day is their big event and just so much like waste gets created out of a single event and so I think that people by people taking small steps, like asking their vendors what they can do to be sustainable, yeah. asking how they can reuse or recycle things that, they're, that they've purchased for their wedding, those types of things can go a long way to like m make actually like attaining an impact very real. Like it, mm -hmm. it often feels like it's kind of out there and hard to understand exactly what the little steps you're taking are doing, but I, I think that it's actually a little bit closer and more tangible than we realize. I love that you said that because that's kind of like the core at what I want to get to like with this whole thing is kind of how attainable it can be if you just really like think about it and actually try to do it. Um, could you kind of take us through the process afterwards of like after a wedding like what happens to all the flowers and what happens to all the things that you use? Yeah absolutely so I use all reusable mechanics so if I'm say making an arch for somebody the stuff that I put the flowers into, mm -hmm. I reuse it every single wedding. I've had the same stuff since I opened my business a year and a half ago and I continue to use it. And I used it for all 17 weddings that I had this past season. Wow. So that is one piece of it, is like the background stuff. So what that looks like for me is like using all reusable things and not using single use plastics like floral foam or other things that are like a one and done type of deal. Mm -hmm. The other, Things at the end of a wedding, you're left with like your mechanics and your flowers. So I already talked to the mechanics with the flowers and the greenery because I source from local farms who are not like spraying their flowers in stuff and they're like just it's all very natural. I can actually compost the vast majority of the flowers and know that they're going to contribute to soil health instead of con like adding nasty like chemicals into yeah. a health otherwise healthy compost pile. So I, between composting and reusing mechanics, I like 
have very little waste. Another thing I love to do is offer, like, I have a selection of, like, vases and stuff that people can just rent from me. So they're, they don't have to just buy something and then never use it again. Yeah. Most people, people, most people try and resell things, which is kind of, yeah. like, helpful as well. And then... The last one that I really love is occasionally when a couple requests it, we are able to, instead of just like enjoying the flowers for a single day, we'll bring them to like a local old folks home or like retirement center or something yeah. like that where people can just like look at the flowers for another few days before they like before Aww. they start to fade a little bit and enjoy them there. And then I do all the same things that I take the stuff from there and I like wash the stuff that I'm going to reuse and I compost the rest. Awesome. And what do you do personally in your day-to-day -day life that kind of helps you live more sustainably? It's a good question. Starting this business has made me think a lot more about my like day-to-day, minute-to-minute life and the choices I'm making. So um, I really like it's such a blanket answer, but I try and do it wherever I can, basically. Mm -hmm. So like if I'm at the grocery store and it's like, I've got three items. Do I get a bag or do I just carry it out to my car? I'm like, oh, I'm just going to carry it out to my car. So yeah. it's like little little decisions like that in my day-to-day -day I am much more conscious of since starting this business. But then the, the kind of specific niche interest that I've been interested in for a long time and kind of started my interest in sustainability was clothing. Mm -hmm. And so that's something I've been thinking about for a long time, probably since I was like 18 or 19. And... What, for me, what that looks like is thrifting and using what is already available in the world that might otherwise end up in a landfill. Mm -hmm. And then whenever a piece of clothing like dies in my wardrobe, I've been trying to replace it with like a sustainable and ethical option. So what that looks like is shopping from brands where you are getting not just greenwashing, but like transparency about where they're sourcing their fibers, how the clothing is being dyed. Yeah. And then not only that, because this is something that I think people forget, sustainability is for the planet, mm -hmm. but sustainability also has to be for the people that live on the planet. And so at the end of all of our like consumerism chains is somebody making the thing that you're buying. Yeah. So the question there, and it's the same thing for growers, which is why I don't import a lot of flowers, because there are not like regulations and standards for people who are working on the farms where the flowers are being produced and so it's the same thing yeah. with the clothing that I'm talking about like thinking about who's at the end of this consumer chain who's mm -hmm. whose work is being undervalued that I can get this thing really cheaply and so just being a little bit more intentional to maybe save my money for a little bit longer and buy a higher quality ethically made like sustainably sourced and sustainably made so that a person is paid a living wage out of their work to like make this item of clothing. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, do you have anything else you want to kind of add around the topic or add about your small business? Um, I think it's just like so important, again, like I said earlier, that people don't get discouraged because we already know that the majority of like pollution is coming from like companies and big entities yeah. and so I think it's really key that people who are doing their best actually have the sense that they're doing their best instead of feeling like it's easy to be def to feel defeated mm -hmm. um but if everybody does what they can and I think yeah I think that's important to keep in mind because it can just be easy to get lost in like 
in in a little bit of like hopelessness around all of this but do what you can and there's enough people doing what they can and it's becoming like it's becoming more trendy to be sustainable so Mm -hmm. with that I would just say be really like intentional and and ask businesses questions like really get at it because a lot of people will say one thing and practice another thing so the more you can kind of get behind what are the practices of the business that I'm engaging with the better awesome do you want to plug your small business quick Oh, absolutely. My small business is Crescendo Floral Studio. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And TikTok? Yeah, I'm on TikTok. (laughs) Flowers are amazing and people love looking at flowers. So come look at pictures of my flowers. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Thank you so much for coming. I learned a lot and I'm super interested in it. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. All right. Welcome back, everyone. Um, I absolutely adored that interview with Rachel so much. I love what she's doing with her small business and where she's going with it. I literally thought it was so cute how she uh, sometimes gives it the flowers, her like one day old flowers to retirement homes. I think that is the most adorable thing ever. Anyways, Let's kind of talk about a few things that she said and how to be sustainable and combat consumerism in your day-to-day lives. Rachel low-key covered it and crushed it during her interview, but I just kind of wanted to reiterate a few of the things that she said. First of all, she said this awesome quote, and I literally loved it. She said, sustainability is not just for the planet, but for the people of the planet, and I think a lot of the times we tend to think of climate change as just affecting our climate and like animals and all that, but really it's affecting us. And so why we should care is because we inhabit this earth too, as much as any other plant or any other animal. Um, and of course she reiterated what I talked about a little bit last episode about really being intentional in what you're doing. Because you can't make your own personal change or have personal growth if you're not even being intentional about what you're doing. So, she said that one of the things that got her into sustainability and uh, all things that was thrifting. Guys, I'm going to be real. Thrifting is so fun. It's a cute little day outing. Or not, if you go in there knowing what you're looking for. But I'm wearing a thrifted sweater right now. It's my grandpa's sweater. And I literally love it. I wear it at least once a week. And it makes me happy. Honestly, thrifting can be a way to find cheap and affordable clothing that is not going into landfills landfills, and is being repurposed, which I think is super duper epic. However, if that is not your mojo, if that is not your vibe, I get that. However... We just need to be sustainable in what we are looking at and where we are buying our clothes from. So, in the show notes or whatever, I have a list of sustainable brands I compiled. So, there's the obvious ones like Tentree and Patagonia. And don't be scared when you open it because lots of sustainable and ethical brands are expensive. And I loved what Rachel said about kind of when a piece of clothing is being taken out of your closet to 
if you want to, replace it with something that's more ethical and more environmentally friendly. Um, or, you know, if you are in the fast fashion grind, at least make it last a while. You know, expand the lifetime on these pieces. I have bought from H&M. Yeah, I know. A little tough. However, I have worn this shirt for like three years now and it's still going strong. So that's also another thing to think about. And I'm sorry that we've touched quite a heavy amount of this podcast episode on fashion. I think clothes are one of the most things that we take for granted and also one of the things that we tend to waste the most of. So just taking that conscious step, just being aware of even the things in your closet, maybe it's time to for you to do a closet cleanup. See what you wear, see what you don't, donate a bunch of it. That would be super awesome. However, disclaimer, you do not have to cut buying things out of your life to help combat consumerism. It's really thinking before you buy in some cases. Um, It's not buying just because you can. I know I did a finance unit in careers and we were looking at like all our spending units and stuff like that. And so much of our class's money (laughs) went towards things like food. Um, So just really spending your money on ethical things that will last you quite a while. If you want to learn more about it, I'll make sure to put some links in the show notes. But I think that is all for today's episode. I hope you guys learned something, found something interesting, um, maybe about the flower industry. Make sure you guys check out Crescendo Floral Studios on Instagram, TikTok, wherever her platforms are. Um, Thank you so much to Rachel for being willing to interview or be interviewed. And thanks so much to you guys. Uh, for staying on this podcast for a while. Um, Don't forget to be an advocate for the earth, and I'll see you guys on the next episode. Bye!